video games were made to be played. Don't play yours? We know some people who will. We are Get Well Gamers, a charity who take your unwanted video games and consoles to give to children's hospitals and wards across the UK. Donating is super easy. Just head over to our website, getwellgamers.org.uk, to fill out our online donation form. You've played the hero, now be the hero. And welcome to the Pure Dead Gaming Podcast. If this is your first time listening, hello, I am Jess. And joining me this week is Pure Dead Craig. Hi, Craig. Hello. Hi. Uh, we are Scottish Gamers and we release a weekly podcast talking all things video games. So if you're into that, then do stick around. Um, Andy is uh, our missing third chair who is normally here, but is not. So what, you useful as a fucking chair? Well, you said it. Um, we are back to our usual schedule of programming this week with a look forward to what's coming out gaming wise we will share what games we've been playing we will dissect the news and perhaps share some of our predictions for the first Xbox Direct of 2024 which has been announced for next week and finally we will turn to movies in our movie review section which I mean there are really no words for this week I, I just I, I can't believe we subjected ourselves to that there's it's, a phrase and it's called fuck you Baz Hmm. We watched Freddy Got Fingered, so at the very end of this episode we will share our experience of that movie. So again, listen to the end. <laughs> uh, I'll timestamp yeah. it though if you really... Uh, uh, yeah. Um. <laughs> um, Harder than getting fingered, that's what it was. Okay. How are you this week, Greg? Sore. Sore. I was playing football last night which was pain-inducing. And then I'm playing football tomorrow night, which I'm very scared about. But it's all part of the plan. It's a process. It is a process. It's a rebuilding process. Happy to be playing <laughs> fo- two games of football a week. Just not happy with the consequences of my ageing body and those two games of football a week. Mm. But we'll get there. Yes, you have aged this week. That's it true. has to be said, yes. Craig did se- <laughs> celebrate a birthday, the last one in his 30s, so that shall be fun. Yeah, to think as well, I don't know, like, I mean, it's not exactly a milestone birthday, 39, but who was it? It was Andy, actually, Andy messaged me yesterday, <laughs> he was like, he says, what did you do on your birthday? He says, I went to work, I watched Freddy Got Fingered. <laughs> 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 and I did uh, a game in Fantasy League draft and he was like right <laughs> and when I laid it out there on a text message it really did paint a grim picture but that, such is the life we lead yeah I mean such is the life we lead yes but yes happy to still be this side of 40 uh, well, however right. however slim that margin may be yes is Andy 40 this year? No, he's 39. He's younger than you. Right? Yeah, okay. he's 39 in March. Okay, because I remember he thought he lost a year and then he... But yeah, so he's younger than you. Okay, good yeah. job. He thought he was coming 40 this year. This March, yeah, right. But I had to inform him that he was actually a year younger. That's correct, yes. Imagine... 
It would have been a tough sell, right? And somebody probably would have told him at some point, but see if we'd went along with it and let him start celebrating a 40th birthday. And then halfway through it, just been like, you're 39. <laughs> that would have been glorious. To be fair, he's that forgetful that we could probably still convince him that he is 40. Like, Maybe. I'd take that bet that I could instill that in him. Well, when when you come to March, though, that is that not his 40th year in existence? Yes. But I think I could get him to have a 40th birthday party and believe it. I think I have that type of ability. <laughs> if I put my mind to it. Okay. Anyway. But what have you been up to, Jess? Not a lot. Back at work. Back to all the routine, which is always good. Um, Bits and pieces of it are good. It is nice to get back into routine. As mundane as that routine can be, there's like... I mean, famous for loving Christmas, but I think I've said in this podcast before, I love the build-up to Christmas. I love the excitement, I love the cold weather, I love the tree, all that stuff. Christmas Day itself, mm. and then, yeah, I think by the time it comes to like the 3rd of January, you are like, right, fucking hell, let's just get back into a bit of routine. I'm sick of fucking Muppets showing up at any time of the day and just being like, hello, I thought I'd visit because it's the Christmas period. Fuck off. (laughs) That's not directed at anyone, by the way. (laughs) But uh, I just, you know, it's like, it's pandemonium. Like, one minute you're over here, the next minute you're there, the next... It's always something, do you know what I mean? And there's, like, it's especially when you've got kids, like, kids getting out of routine is never a good thing. Mm -hmm. So to get them back at school is uh, a godsend, to say the least. (laughs) Yeah, I'm, I'm like, a, a list person, right? So I, like writing down like not lists of enemies no stuff like, like more to do with like my schedule but like just things that i'm like right this is what i need to do today and i'll tick it all off and sometimes you know that way i just i write things down even though i've already done it or i'm like about to do so just so i can score that line out and be like done because it makes you feel more accomplished yeah i really like i, I similar to you I, I do sometimes make lists just because i really really enjoy ticking stuff off and I get that, oh, I've done three of five. Brilliant. Mm-hmm. Makes you feel good. What I don't have in existence and I might consider doing is games that have passed us that I've not played and I maybe should play um, because there's stuff I've definitely forgotten about, certainly in the last year and beyond, that I've been interested in playing, but then I guess the moment's passed yeah. and I've you know played something else or whatever. So I feel like having a, a nice wee list just on my phone to be like oh remember I was going to play that I need to make that up so that when something when I do see something I can jot it down and then maybe can get to it yeah I feel like as well like I don't know I, th- I think there will be times during this year where there is a little bit of, of a gap between releases mm-hmm. that you're interested in and so although I think 2024 we said this last week I think it will be a good year for games I do also think people are going to get a time to sort of hit their backlog a bit or like in your case perhaps like maybe research games that you've missed that you may have been interested in Mm -hmm. yeah i think there'll be time for that i would hope so anyway yeah not sure that month is january though let's take a look at (laughs) the releases that are coming out this coming week we did obviously speak 
about you know the full year last week so we probably will be covering some of the same games we spoke about last week but um i'll just oh shit yeah you have to listen again so okay first up we have january 18th prince of persia the lost crowns it's coming to ps5 ps4 xbox series xs xbox one and pc so it's bringing the series back to its 2d side scrolling roots albeit with addition of some modern metroidvania we're expecting good things yeah I think that's going to be really good. Yeah. I think from things I've read, it says like one of the most kind of influential elements is supposedly what the game refers to as memory shards, which allows players to kind of, I think, mark and locate like, you know, like when you're playing a game and there's like a blocked pathway and you need to go back to it at a later mm-hmm. date when you've got some like superpower or whatever. And um, so I think you can mark these on a map so you can kind of return when you've got that upgrade or ability unlocked. Oh, that will be quite handy. Um, and info for you, Craig, they have included a variety of accessibility options as standard, so larger text by default and no quick time events. Is that a fucking age joke? N- no colour based feedback, no. But also, Craig, right. they're going to allow players to customise the gameplay difficulty to a style that is best for them. Oh, yes. So you can do that. Yes, but will this affect trophies and will there be a difficulty trophy? Mm, I have not looked because at the trophy list. That then. Like, that's great. If I can play it at the difficulty I want, fantastic. But see if there's a trophy that says you have to beat it in hard, I'm going to fucking try and beat it in hard. Yeah. But um, that's good to know. At least you know if it's... Because I, I do figure this is going to be quite a tough game. Mm-hmm. So at least you know going in that, right, if it does become a ball ache, you can just drop it a bit so that you can at least finish the game. Because it looks brilliant. This is this is one of the standouts for January for me, definitely looks really really cool yeah i think um, we're both probably going to jump on this one so it's gonna be one that we're fighting over yeah um, you can get early access on the 15th as well mm-hmm. so monday and it is i checked the price because we weren't sure about that last week we spoke but 44.99 is the sort of standard price but there's a few few places you can probably get a little bit cheaper if you shop around yep looks good i'm interested Uh, also January 18th we have Bulletstorm VR um, so this was announced back in June people can fly, they're bringing the favourite shooter to virtual reality it's coming out on PSVR 2, MetaQuest 2 and Steam VR. Um, and this kind of puts players in the boots of former Dead Echo squad leader Grayson Hunt as he battled, battles his way across the abandoned resort planet of Stygia Stygia Okay. Don't know how to pronounce it. In VR. Um, so you embark on a comically ultra-violent journey as Grayson and his crew try to survive and exact revenge on the corrupt General Serrano. So I played this game initially when it launched all... I can't even think now, maybe 2011, something like that? 2000... No, wait. Yeah, maybe something like that. And I liked it. I thought it was decent. It was a kind of double-A third-person shooter. Mm-hmm. Enjoyable. Was it a third-person shooter? It's that long now. But I remember thinking, ah, that was great. Not brilliant, but great. But I'm interested to try it in VR because it did have some kind of unique mechanics from what I remember. And yeah, it's one that it was supposed to come out last year, but they pushed it back because mm-hmm. they wanted to just touch it up and refine it. So I'm hoping that means that there's going to be like a sort of extra level of polish on it. Yeah, I'm interested in this one. Mm. If you've got PS Plus, there's like a little ten percent discount to purchase it. Oh, oh. Um, other- price? Otherwise, it's thirty two ninety nine. That's not bad. Um, I like these like not quite full price titles coming out. Mm-hmm. Like we spoke about this before in the past, but it is nice to see 
I mean, this happens a lot with VR, right enough. I'm not trying to give all the publishers credit, but it is nice to see like different price points been explored. It's yeah. not just twenty quid or seventy quid. There is lots of like in between, mm-hmm. especially that's in good. January when people's purse strings are a little bit more tight normally. So that's true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, another somewhat cheap option that you may have for £10 this month is The Last of Us Part 2 Remastered coming to PS5. So, yeah, we spoke about this last week, but I suppose whether you're a fan of the HBO series diving into Last of Us Part 2 for the first time or you're a long-standing fan returning for another trip across the apocalyptic America, um, the new additions for this release are graphical enhancements, new roguelike survival mode, dual-sense integration, three new levels and more accessibility features. Um, in terms of people who are looking to purchase this, um, Naughty Dog did tweet out like an upgrade path and they said basically you just need to go to PS Store once the game launches on January 19th to upgrade. Owners of the PS4 disc copies must insert them into their PS5 with a disc drive to download and play the digital version, which I was a bit like, hmm... Are there people who own this on PS4 that have since purchased a PS5 digital that cannot, therefore, buy this upgrade? They'll have to buy the game again. Oh, there's absolutely people like that. Yeah. I mean, the the sort of attach rate with PS5 is, I don't think they've ever really made it very clear, but I, I think it's like 80-20 in terms of disc-based to to digital we have the digital one but I, I don't they didn't make it wasn't like they manufactured equal amounts of both and mm. um, the digital one at first certainly was i mean everything was quite hard to get a handle a hold of but those were particularly quite tough and yeah they definitely seem to make more of the disc based version but i think it will be an issue for some people yeah mm. it and definitely will Presumably, or if you don't have your, <laughs> you don't have your PS4 disc anymore. Well, exactly. That I mean, it's something that Pope, yeah, Pope but then if you sold it, then you should have to buy it again. Ah, uh, yeah, that makes sense. But I don't know, and also like, I don't know. Every time you play it, do you need your disc then? No. Ah, you will. Uh, because otherwise, you'll basically have someone getting a hold of a disc and then firing it around the entire city that they live in. Just everybody popping the disc in for two minutes and downloading the game. Pay the team pound and then, aye, yeah, aye. Okay, yeah. yeah. I'd imagine it'll work just like as if you're playing it off the disc, but you'll have to have it installed and it'll, aye, it'll check. For, I'm sure there'll be something in the in the download that checks for the disc each time you start it up. So it won't even just be it's the first time you'll have to mm-hmm. have the disc in each time. See, the thing is, like, I don't know, like, Sony do get a lot of flack from me as well about the sort of, this route they're going down with these, re- I mean, The Last of Us 2 remaster, a game that came out, like, in the last five years, remastered, it's ridiculous, mm-hmm. <laughs> it is ridiculous, but at the same point, I feel like it's, all, like, I think I said this last week, but I, the most part of the issue I have is with the name, Yeah, it shouldn't be remastered, I mean, I guess they have technically remastered some of it, but you shouldn't. I don't know, it should just be like a definitive edition or something like that. Um, I have no problem with the price point. I have no problem with the price point, to be honest, even if you are buying it again for the first time because yeah. you are getting extra stuff. So fair enough. Like it's not as if they, like the fact that there's actual new gameplay, there's new levels, there's a new mode. Like it's it's a lot of extra stuff and it's fair enough that there's a cost behind it. But I just think the wording is more the issue for me. Um and I also feel like, I don't know, I think, I, I, get, I mean, smarter people than me at Sony, but 
I feel like part of this is aimed at people that watched like the first episode, the first season of the show mm-hmm. and maybe picked up The Last of Us Part 1 when it came out. Was it last year? Mm-hmm. Or, or, no, it was late 2021. I think it was late 2021 or whatever when it came out that they've picked that up and now they're like, oh, now we can play the second one if they didn't just play the base version of the second one. But I feel like Definitive Edition to a casual gamer sounds like, oh, right, that's me, I can get the definitive version of it. Mm. Whereas when it's remastered, it's like, wait a minute, it says the old version, like, is that too dated? Or, like, I don't know, it just, I think it's a different connotation. So, so they've obviously got data that suggests otherwise, but I don't know. I would have, I would have went my different name. Okay. <laughs> Good to know. And lastly, this week, we have The Cub coming to PC, PlayStation, Switch and Xbox. So, again, we spoke about this last week. So you'll be exploring a post-apocalyptic land filled with the remains of humanity and everything that took over after they were nearly wiped out. The game's set in the same world as Golf Club Wasteland, which was renamed to Golf Club Nostalgia. Um, But it's not like a copy-paste sequel. They're going back to the world that they created, using it to tell new stories from the perspective of a survivor on Earth. Um, And apparently they've also written into the story that like, I don't know, it intersects as well with the previous game. So um, it, there's a continuation for people who have played the previous. Um, yeah. Um, so we got sent a code through for this, but it's under embargo just now anyway. I haven't played it yet, but I'm looking forward to doing so. I know you've got a wee bit into it, so we'll talk about this next week. Yes. Uh, no, no further comments for now. <laughs> we'll have a lot to say. Yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, w- I will have played it by next week. But I just I knew there wasn't a rush with. Uh, I was not been able to speak about it anyway. Yeah. Um, and that's your lot for this week. Yeah, it's a bit. It's a bit of a light week, although it's hard to. <laughs> in one hand, I say it's a bit of a light week, but you've got The Last of Us Part Two, which is a fucking huge game. You've got the Cub, which I'm really looking forward to and I think could be like um, certainly a top five indie game of the year. Uh, you have Prince of Persia, which looks fucking excellent. I mean, it's not an indie game, but it looks like, I, I don't know, I think that could be a high-scoring game. And then Bulletstorm VR, a lot of people are excited about that. I know VR is quite niche, but there's a lot of people who have very fond memories of Bulletstorm, so if mm. that's done properly. Yep. Like, it's, it's four games we've mentioned there, but it's potentially four really good games. until it all falls in its house. Yes. Um, we did also make our predictions this week on our Fantasy Critic League. Um, so for those of you that aren't involved in it, you can <laughs> you can go to Fantasy Critic... Is it .org? Fantasycritic.games. .games. Um, search for Pure Day Gaming and you can follow so you can see... Um, everyone that's included and all the games that we've picked thus far uh, it was quite a challenge has to be said yeah so there's there's 12 of us in the league and it was set up so that we all had to choose four games each at the start that was the draft which doesn't sound like an awful lot but there's not that many games that have dates so far no, this year that was and the so in total, we had to pick 48 games. And so when it came to our third and especially our fourth pick, it was a little bit... Mm, this is a bit of a punt. 
and it was even worse when it came to you've got a thing called a counter pick and as I think I was third or fourth in the draft you were first mm -hmm. and so it went in reverse order so you were the last person to do a counter pick which mm -hmm. you're betting on a game doing that someone else has chosen doing badly and there was it was slim pickings yeah very slim pickings. Every one of them you're searching, you're like, the last game got a fucking 87. The last game of this one got a 93. What the fuck am I meant to do? Um, but yeah, I'm looking forward to it again this year. I think it could be a little bit more cagey this year, actually, just with the sort of unknown. Like, uh, reigning champ Richard is dialed in when it comes to indies. And so he is odds on to retain the crown because yeah. I think this could be a year where there's a lot of these games come out and get like fucking really high scores mm. and he seems to have a direct line yeah. to Mr Indy. I think with last year because we had more picks like you almost could kind of set and forget and have done not too bad whereas I think we'll need to be on top of it this year <laughs> with yeah. new stuff coming out and making bids and everything. So, and yeah. I think as well obviously now we can start so we've all you get um, 10 games you can, t you can pick up but you're only allowed to drop one We've all taken four so far. Now we can start making bids on whatever's left. Mm -hmm. The urge is to bid on more games just now. But with so much unknown in 2024, you don't want to be filling your whole thing up too soon because there's so much still to get announced. Mm -hmm. Like, I do believe, God willing, the Super Switch mm -hmm. is coming in 2024. Mm -hmm. And that's going to have a, a complete launch lineup, like of games that are Nintendo games, so they're going to fucking score high. So you're going to want to leave some some room for stuff like that. But uh, yeah, I think it's going to be quite cagey. I'm looking forward to it. Mm -hmm. uh, just on the Super Switch, um, there was like the Nintendo deal, which is like a Twitter account dedicated to like sales and deals on Nintendo games. That must um, be a fucking busy place. They kind of started noting that some of Nintendo's first-party games are like out of stock at lots of different retailers, um, and so I, I suppose speculation is that they might be prepping to like re-release these as new SKUs that sort of say like, oh, it's like compatible on both Switch and the rumored successor. Um, so yeah, mm. maybe, maybe soon. Maybe. Hopefully soon. Yeah, I can't wait to spend money on it. <laughs> Okay, moving on then to what we have played this week. I have not played much, so I'll let you go first, Craig. So, I maybe haven't played that much of Note, but I have played a lot. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> so, I've been continuing on my Bioshock, still really enjoying that. I sort of knocked it last week for the combat not being amazing. It's not amazing, but the more you get into it, I think the more you sort of get used to it. It's sort of like, I don't know, little bit of simplisticness um, based on games these days. But yeah, it's certainly like the combat is, I'm sort of getting into the flow of it more. Um, and just the world and stuff like that in the story is brilliant. Like it's an absolute classic. That's one you should add to your list. Not should it be your type of thing, but it's a quality, quality game. Mm. Uh, hoping to have that wrapped up for next week. I've been playing a lot of Pez 2021. Not the new one, not that shite. Um, the the good one on PC with all the mods. So I'm, I'm almost through, my, in fact, I am through my first season. I've done a whole season of Master League since we last recorded, which is about 15 hours. <laughs> uh, so that was good. Uh, we've also 
Uh, I don't know if I mentioned it last week, but we're doing a game club for January uh, on the Discord and sort of put it out on Twitter as well. Uh, for Wolf Among Us, we're doing an episode a week, so played through episode one of that, which I just, I mean, I've completed the game, I don't know, maybe four or five times before, like I absolutely love it, and it's every bit as good this time as well, it's just, the story's excellent, the characters is excellent, the writing's funny, and like meaningful as well, everything about it, the art style, I just, I really, really enjoy the game. Uh, was got... it on this podcast, perhaps in our first year, where you learned what a fable was when you were talking about this game? Because I feel like we had a conversation. Possible. I feel like we had a conversation. You didn't know what a fable was. Possible. I mean, I don't like. Because you were saying, "Oh, you should play the Wolf Among Us, Jessica. It's like Disney," and I'm like, "It's not Disney." <laughs> yeah, I don't even remember that conversation. You could probably tell me it had been used new to me all over again. Yeah, like... I have. I definitely have played it in the past as well because I remember you saying that I would really like it. Yeah. I don't think I played all of the episodes, uh-huh. um, but I definitely played some of it. Started it, mm-hmm. yeah. It's it's absolutely brilliant. Like, because some quite good humour in it, and it takes it kind of pokes fun at like it pokes fun at what you know. Uh-huh. Like yeah, like so you. So there's here, the big bad fact, wolf. There's here's an embarrassing admission, right? Uh-huh. I have played through this game. Like I say, four or five times, right? The main character is called Bigby. Mm-hmm. And I never clicked until last week that that's, that's just Big Bad shortened. Never. I don't know why. I wow. don't know why. I never thought about it. Wow. Ever. I knew. I know he is the Big Bad Wolf, but I never thought that that's why they call him Bigby. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good one. Just never, <laughs> never put it together and all the hours I've spent with it. But um, yeah, there's, there's just brilliant moments from the first episode, like you as the big bad wolf go back to your house and Colin the pig is just sitting on your couch and you have to tell him to move and he's fucking raging and he's like, ah, well, you need to treat me better. Like, remember what you did to my house and stuff like that and it's all about the thing. And he's like, well, you blew down my house so you, you give us a cigarette. I mean, it's just this pig having a cigarette and you can choose whether you give him a drink or a whiskey, I think it is or not. Um, yeah, little moments like that I just absolutely love. Uh, we got a writing from Couchy who said one of the best Telltale games and still works so well. Callum, who hates anything to do with fairy tales, fables, anything like that, wrote in and said, my biggest compliment is that despite thoroughly hating the whole fairy tale shite, I've been drawn into the game and I will play through it. There you so go. that's good. <laughs> and we also got a writing from Dan, I think this was on Twitter, who said... Who was your favourite character in episode one? And I like a lot of people don't like him, but I do really like Toad. He is a moaning bastard, but I think he does it in a decent way. But to me, it's probably Colin the pig. I just think he's in it so briefly, but the stuff with the whole blowing down the house, I just think he plays it really straight and really well. And I really enjoyed that. Um, but yeah, if you'd like to take part, we are playing through, as I said, an episode a week and we are discussing it on Discord each Sunday night at six o'clock. So this Sunday at six, we'll be discussing episode two and the week after and week after and so forth. Um, and yeah, it seems to be going well so far. So yep, if you want to join our Discord, you can. Just be prepared. They're all cunts. <laughs> and finally, finally, so... 
after us, I think it was last week, I'm pretty sure it was, someone mentioned something about, oh, how you been doing with your trophies? Think probably Andy, you know what I mean? Dismissive, usual. It might be like, me, but yeah. Right, one of you's eye. My trophies. <laughs> right, PlayStation had a sale on, right? And stuff was down in price, down to pennies. So I went a bit mad, right? I saw the transaction receipts, yes. Yes. So, <laughs> <laughs> since last week, I have platinumed the jumping bagel twice. <laughs> the jumping brownie twice. Is it the same game but just different? Yes. Uh, yep. Okay. Sister. Road Stomp. Road Bustle 2. Our guest tonight twice. Windmill Engine. Steam Engine. Breezy Pause. Frogo. Frogo 2. Driverio. Driverio 2. Oh my god, he's not finished. Twice. <laughs> Cario 2. Twice. Cario 3. Twice. When, have you, when were you doing all this? Cario 4. <laughs> twice. <laughs> and Rayland. Twice. I do this when you're asleep, Jess. Evidently. I've got my pride. Mm-hmm. 25 Platinums. So is this went, the moment of truth that you're going to check? I went on to PSN profiles. Uh, my rank at the moment is 460. Oofed. It says I've went up 27 places in the last week. Wow. Yeah, there you go. And he's not even fucking here for my moment. I was ready to rub his nose in that and be like, do you see me now? Do you see me now? But he's not even fucking here to see me. Well. But, yeah. I'm once again retiring. <laughs> Until next time. Yes, it's a proud moment, I must say. Yep, I can see you blushing over there. Well done. Well done. Were any of them actually any decent or...? No. No, okay. No, they're all fucking shit. Not... I mean, were they worth your time or not worth your time? No, I mean, none of them took more than 10 minutes. If they did, they would not have been played. The Frogo ones, they they are basically Frogger, which is quite fun, Mm -hmm. but those particular ones last two minutes. And the rest of them are mostly avoid an obstacle for three minutes and you get a platinum. It wasn't a good game, but the Our Guest Tonight one uh, had quite nice, quite a nice like backdrop. And what the game was, was there was like a presenter that people didn't like. And then there was a guy that was like a janitor that people did like. And each time the janitor appeared, you were to hit the applause button. And each time they get the host appeared that people didn't like you were to hit the boo button <laughs> and once you'd done each one of those 1500 times you got the platinum that one did actually take about 20 minutes to be fair wow but I got through it because I'm a fucking trooper what were you Jess what have you played Um, the cup which we can't talk about yep good um, start solid yep Um, and yeah, so along with big games like Assassin's Creed Valhalla and Resident Evil 2 this month on Xbox Game Pass, they've added a little puzzle platformer called Figment, mm. which I've started. It originally came out like 2017, I think there's a second one as well. Um, and it's got some kind of like hack and slash combat and then simple puzzles to sort of open new paths through levels. And it's in this sort of dreamlike world. 
I don't think that the action of the puzzles are particularly innovative, but I don't know, they seem solid enough and they've got this kind of, it's, there's this kind of like musical twist that gives it a bit more flair, I guess. And I think a, a game on paper that's probably quite up my street, but I have to say I'm not loving it so far. And I don't know if it is just maybe because it's, I don't know. I don't know what it is. I'm going to give it a bit more time, but okay. whether I'll see it through, I'm not sure. So it seems like a Jess game, but it might not be. Mm-hmm. I'm just looking at it just now on YouTube. Because, um, yeah, I'd never heard of this before. That style looks quite nice, but, yeah, I suppose it's down to, down to the gameplay at the end of the day. I just wanted to take a moment to discuss cover art in games because uh-huh. I think, like, I went on Game Pass looking for something and I'm literally just scrolling looking at cover art. Yeah. And, see, and obviously there's stuff I've heard of that I'm like, right, I know that's not for me or whatever, but there's other games that like your cover art is so important oh yeah because that's what's going to make me click and say oh would i be interested in that or not yeah nine and times out of ten if you have not heard of a game and it's got shit cover art you're just gonna you just scroll connect. by it don't you they know it as well because there's so many times when i see cover art if i'm looking up for new releases and the actual cover art itself i'm like oh that looks really interesting and then you go in and it's some pixel shite yeah it works both ways doesn't right. it um and you're like you know what you're doing try to make your game look better yeah. So did this have good cover art? Not necessarily this game. I mean, yeah, it, it does look colourful and vibrant and mm-hmm. like it would be up my street, which see, I think it is, but I just need to give it a bit more time. But um, yeah, I think it was just when I was in that, I'm looking for something, you know? I'm the consumer here looking for something. I'm scrolling and quite often I'm just like, that looks shite, that looks shite, that looks shite. Yeah, I just need to get like, a girl with tits out on their front cover or something like that. Well, but this is, I suppose, why you also pay attention to like the directs and the showcases and stuff yeah. like that, so that you can see some gameplay or whatever. Which we've got coming next week. Yeah. Yeah, we'll just move on to the news then and talk about that, shall we? And turn your phone off, please. News, news. I was believing the news. We are bringing you the news. Okay, so first up in this week's news, Microsoft has announced a new Xbox developer direct showcase for next week, Thursday, January 18th at 8pm UK time to be specific. We can expect, quote, an inside look at a selection of highly anticipated games coming to Xbox Series X, PC, XNS, PC and Game Pass. In their post on Xbox Wire, they mentioned we'll be getting updates on Indiana Jones, Avowed, Era, History Untold and Senua's Saga Hellblade 2. And they also made the point of saying that Direct will not have updates on games from the recently acquired Activision Blizzard and they said more on those, quote, later this year. Maybe Kaylee's getting dibs. <laughs> Maybe. So yeah, exciting. I think... Um, you know, it's great to see a showcase early in the year to kind of kick things off if we get some kind of raw gameplay and release dates for Hellblade 2 and Avowed. I think that will be really good. Um, for anyone interested as well, after the developer direct at 9pm UK time, ZeniMax Online Studios will be hosting the Elder Scrolls Online 2024 Global Reveal to preview their sort of 2024 big update, if you're interested in that. I'm excited for this. Hmm. Last year's one, from memory, was pretty decent. Yep. We got a shadow drop of a game. That was cool. 
don't think we'll get that this year. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask. Like, will that will it contain a game that's been prepared to shadow drop um, either during or after the show? So that's what they did with Hi-Fi Rush last year. Um, I, I suppose it could happen. Like, Hi-Fi Rush wasn't really known about. Like, it had it had been rumoured that they were working on something in the background but it's not like we'd seen hi-fi rush and we knew it was coming and we just didn't have a date it was just oh here's a reveal of this new game and it's out now and everyone's like holy fuck mm-hmm. what yeah so i just i don't know they do have enough studios that they probably could do that again but i don't know i i, I could see them before the showcase starts maybe even coming out and saying by the way we will not be shadow dropping a game well that's the thing an idea to get ahead of that that's the thing because from what i've seen online there is an expectation of this and i think microsoft needs to be careful because obviously they did it last year and that set a precedent and they can't they can't do that i mean if they've got something great go for it but then they're setting a they're setting themselves up for failure potentially when they don't have that in future years so Yeah. yeah it would be an idea to get ahead of it but I mean, I said this last time, and I'm going to say it again this time. I don't think they can show Hellblade Two again without giving a date. No. Like people were convinced that was coming out last year, and I feel like I was one of the only people at the time being like, "I don't think this is a 2023 game," but I did think it was going to be early 2024, and the fact that even late last year they couldn't give you a date suggests that it's maybe going to be later on in 2024. But I still feel like they have to, they have to go to them and be like, right, cards on the table here. You've been working in this game for fucking ever. Give us a date that you are comfortable with, not a date that you're like, oh, we might be able to hit this, and then we have to fucking delay it. Give us a date that you are comfortable with, and then when you finish it and it's ready, you can just polish until launch, mm. and let's fucking actually get a date on this thing. Because it's it's out of hand now how long this thing's taken. There was people thinking it was going to be like arriving like within a year of the Xbox Series launch, and here we are in twenty twenty four. Consoles launched like over three years ago. Mm. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, so I think we'd well get a date for that. I think we could get a date for Avowed as well. So. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see more on that. Like, I think there was a bit of a discussion on Avowed in our Fantasy League chat because I'm not sure who it was that picked it up. It was yourself, wasn't it? <laughs> it was me because I, I was you. like, I don't know. There's nothing got, else left. So you picked it up and it got counterpicked. It was your fourth pick. So uh-huh. people were sort of avoiding it. Yeah. And I think that's because when it's been shown off, it hasn't necessarily looked epic, but it's obsidian. And Obsidian don't release bad games. Like, I mean, mm. I mean, you say that with Rocksteady, and then by all accounts, they're about to release a game that's not quite working out. Mm. So everybody releases doesn't release bad games until they release a bad game. Yeah, but that's true. I don't know. There's absolutely nothing to suggest that this will not be a good game to me. Like, Obsidian are really good developers. And it's been sort of soft rebooted, from what I understand internally, maybe more than once. And. I think it's about time. I could see that being first half of twenty twenty four, and maybe Hellblade. Like if you if you asked me three months ago, I'd have said Hellblade will be out in the first four months of this year, and then Avowed maybe a wee bit later on. But I think now it might be the opposite. I think you might get Avowed in like maybe April or something like that, March April, and then you might get Hellblade in 
Q whatever, I don't know, maybe mm-hmm. August or something like that. Depending on what else they've got. Because going on from there, they have mentioned Indiana Jones. They have, which is exciting. Because that's been pretty quiet for a long time, so... Yeah, so... I mean, with Indiana Jones, the thing was announced in January 2021. And he basically with a picture of a rope. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Here's my whip. Indiana Jones is coming, machine games. And that was enough at the time. But it's three years now. Mm-hmm. And we were told at that time that they'd been working on it. I don't believe that. I think it was maybe a proof of concept at the time. But yeah, we've now there's been rumours coming out over the last couple of days that this is going to be a 2024 launch, which, I mean, maybe... It seems, it seems bizarre to me, though, because Xbox are not particularly good. Outside of Hi-Fi Rush, obviously. They did shadow drop that. But outside of that, they're not very good at keeping their cards close to their chest. Like, if anything, I think they show too much before a game releases. Like, mm. it's like, oh, every single event. Oh, here it is again. Here it is again. We've seen nothing of this. And I find it hard to believe that this game is going to be ready within the next 12 months, which means they must have had playable stuff they could have shown for three years and they've just held their cards and went, nah, we won't bother showing it. I find that really strange. Mm-hmm. But I'm excited to see more. Like, surely at this point we get a bit of gameplay at least. Like, we assume it's going to be first person, which I think is weird for an Indiana Jones game. I would prefer third person, but the rumours were first person and machine games usually make first person games. So, mm-hmm. yeah, really interested to see more of that. Yes. Or anything. Uh, okay, so sticking with Xbox, rumours began circulating over the weekend in the dark corners of the internet. Reset era, I'm looking at you. That Microsoft could be planning to bring some of their first party games to other platforms. The first game mentioned was Hi-Fi Rush, with the suggestion that it could find a home on Nintendo Switch. Since then, backed by an article from Windows Central, there has been murmurings about live service hit Sea of Thieves coming to PlayStation as well. Yeah, it's an interesting one, this. So, to me, when I first heard it, it just it sounds like just that, just a rumour. Mm-hmm. Like, slow news week, what can we come up with? Jeff Grubb's name's getting flung about as well, and you're like, here we fucking go. Jeff Grubb hasn't heard his name online for two days, and he's fucking back with a story. But then all of a sudden, there is leakers who do have more credibility than Jeff Grubb. Not as much as us, but decent amount. And they're saying the same thing. Then Windows Central get involved and they are actually quite reputable. <laughs> and they are saying similar things. So I think it's definitely been discussed. There's a lot of talk recently, like in a lot of regions, like PlayStation's out selling Xbox 3 to 1. I don't think it's any secret that Microsoft, they want to sell consoles, but it's not their main concern like they just want game pass everywhere like microsoft has a console because they feel they need to have a console but they would much rather be an app i think that's been clear for a while like if they could get a a deal that would give you an xbox game pass app on every tv that goes out from now on i think and the infrastructure was there they would bin consoles faster than you could fucking fart but it is interesting if they like obviously PlayStation, for example, aren't gonna put Game Pass on PlayStation just now. They might someday, they're not just now. 
And so, yeah, maybe Xbox do turn around and say, hmm, here's, like, dip their toes in with a game or two, see what the reaction's like. And obviously the, the real winner in all of this would be Skull and Bones. <laughs> which would be fucking hilarious after they've delayed their game for 17 years and they finally now get a release date and they're finally ready to come out and all of a sudden Microsoft go, see that game we've got that's like your game but it's much fucking better and we're on season 14 or whatever we're on. We're going to put that in PlayStation as well. So now the few people that might have bought your game, nobody's fucking buying your game. That would really tickle me. Mm. That would tickle my pickle. Okay, mm-hmm. um, next up, the bad news continues to roll in for Unity Software. The company said in a regularly... Regular, regulatory... Regulatory... Yep. Regulatory. Yep, that. Filing an internal company memo on Monday, it would be targeting laying off approximately 25% of its workforce, some 1,800 jobs across all business areas. Following the announcement, shares in the company went up almost 5% in after-hours trading. Um, And the video game streaming giant Twitch were also keen to get on in the act and they're cutting 500 jobs reducing its workforce by around 35% we'll just pick it up where we left off last year Mm. it's very grim very grim but video games are not this is not isolated to video games this is happening I mean we're seeing it first all over the place like I mean we've certainly had discussions like offline and stuff like that many times with friends with family about stuff like this and probably on this podcast as well but i have said multiple times like when we started to come out of the sort of lockdown period of covid and all the dafties were flinging their hands up there and going we've done it we've done it we've come out the other end and i was telling them dude listen like you haven't even seen the worst of it yet like yes there was death yes there was like people been isolated and stuff like that but the economic impact of this over multiple years is going to be horrific and that's what we're seeing now businesses all over the place are cutting jobs left and right and a lot of it is to do with inflation like inflations went up and so all over the place you've had people striking i want more money i want more money because we can't live so we need more money and all the companies have had to bend over backwards and go, fine, we'll give you all a 10% raise. And then they've had to go, uh, but we're going to have to let uh, 40% ease go to mitigate that. Mm. <laughs> it's like, oh, great. So, and this is happening everywhere. And it's going to continue to happen. And the, the hope is that we come out the other side of it. And then there's a lot more opportunities and we bounce back. But, I mean, this isn't the end of this. This no. is going to be, this is going to be a bad year for layoffs and uh, unrest which is unfortunate yeah luckily our podcast is free and we will still be in your ear holes <laughs> there you go the upside yes um, every cloud and all that <laughs> yeah uh, the following games are coming to PS Plus Extra on January 16th so we have Tiny Tina's Wonderlands Resident Evil 2 Hard Space Shipbreaker Lego City Undercover, 
Just Cause 3, Session, Skate Sim, Shadow Tactics, Blades of the Shogun, Vampire the Masquerade, Swan Song, and Surviving the Aftermath. Um, and with the highest tier of PS Plus Premium, you're also getting Rally Cross from PS1, Star Wars Episode 1, The Phantom Menace from PS1, Street Fighter 30th Anniversary Collection on PS4, Legend of Mana on PS4, and Secret of Mana on PS4 as well. What a mana. There is. What are your recommendations out of that bunch, Craig? It's quite a good list. Mm. Uh, I remember Pure Dead Donnie's podcast debut was Wax and Lyrical about Tiny Tina's Wonderlands. Mm -hmm. He really enjoyed that, so that's good. Resident Evil 2 is a fucking baller. That's the remake. Uh, Possibly, I think, still to this day, the best remake ever. It's fantastic. I mean, it's a great original game, but it's, it's fucking excellent. So that's really good. Uh, Just Cause 3 is quite a good game. The one I would call out, and it will be one that most people won't have played, is Vampire the Masquerade Swan Song. It's a really fun game. Gameplay-wise, think Detroit Become Human or Heavy Rain. It's that kind of third person walking about, interacting with people. You are trying to solve like a murder from memory but it's in a world where you're all vampires but you're have you're not seen to be vampires do you know what i mean you're, you all are and you go to nightclubs where it's all vampires but when the normal people show up you have to pretend you're not mm. um and it's got an upgrade tree where you can like get better senses or better like there's loads of different skills that you can get to help in your investigation so it can work out in different ways i'm pretty sure there's different endings it's a really cool game really really cool and i'd highly recommend it i'm also i don't think i'll get the time but i've always been intrigued by lego city undercover (laughs) like i've played quite a few of the lego games and i like them and this one's supposed to be like a lego gta so i'm like i've always seen it and been like i'm sure it'll be quite kiddy but with the lego games there's always some pretty good humor in it and if it is an open world gta style lego game i'm like i've always thought that sounds really cool but I've never got around to playing it. So maybe maybe this will be my time. I think I maybe own it, though. Okay. Um, a few other quick notes to wrap things up. So Immortality comes to PlayStation on January 23rd after a period of exclusivity on Xbox. It's um, a good game. We played through that. Yep. And an ESRB listing has outed the existence of Little Nightmares Enhanced Edition, um, and it's heading to PlayStation 5 and Xbox series at some point that sounds cool i'm interested mostly you'll be shocked to know uh on a trophy basis mm-hmm. so the original little nightmares game did not have a platinum trophy right outraged absolutely what? outraged why because it's some games just, some games just don't have trophies they uh, don't have platinum trophies and so that didn't the second game did though so mm-hmm. i feel that the developer learned their lesson and put a platinum trophy in the second game. And so I would hope that with an enhanced edition, you will have a new trophy list and that they will have learned their lesson and there will be a platinum. And if there was, I'll be getting it because Little Nightmares is fucking awesome. Although there was some real ball ache of a trophy before, they could maybe remove that, where it was like you had to complete it in less than two hours and with either no deaths or less than 
a small amount of deaths and it was a right prick of a trophy mm. that I didn't even bother trying to get because I couldn't get a platinum at the end of it but now no. with that potential carrot from a timing perspective do you think they do the they release this what's it called collection what's it called enhanced edition enhanced edition you know a couple of months prior to little nightmares 3 we don't have a date for that well we know it's this year but that's yeah it's possible to sort of gear up interest in the what do you call it they could maybe release like a double pack with one and two Mm -hmm. which would be quite cool they're both brilliant Mm -hmm. that's a game i think you would like it's very much your style i've played a little bit of it yeah it's kind of creepy but um other than that like it's very it's brilliant it's very much like limbo inside but Mm -hmm. in my opinion probably better i really i love those games Mm -hmm. i think they're absolutely excellent Mm -hmm. okay yeah makes sense with, with a third one coming i would say well, should have said also as well that there has been rumours, and I don't put necessarily that much stake in them, but since the developer direct got announced, uh, and I think this is came from Jeff Grubb, so again, even less credibility in it, that he reckons that both PlayStation and Nintendo are also planning some sort of like event in the next like month or something like that. Now, to me, that's him making an educated guess because he also was the fucking idiot, along with a lot of other people, to be fair, that when Sony had that shite press conference in the middle of last year, was like, no, no, they've actually held everything back for the real press conference. You're getting another press conference uh, later in the year that that never came and not one of them stood up and went, aye, okay, we got that wrong. They all just went fucking quiet about it. So it would make sense that there's something coming. And I think we will maybe get a state of play, but I don't know if it'll be, like, I don't know, a big deal. And yeah, obviously we expect Nintendo to do something at some point to announce the Super Switch. So yeah. I, I think it's probably Grub going out on a, a limb, but he says he's heard that there's that both of them are going to be doing conferences really soon. So you can take that with a pinch of salt. I mean, yeah, not that history's end to go by, but, like, they did do one in February 2021 and then one in February 2022 for Gran Turismo when that came out. But those weren't, like, that's the thing. I think he's trying to say, like, it's going to be, like, some sort of developer direct thing where, like, Xbox are planning giving us updates on four of their biggest games this year. Whereas, I'm pretty, like, like you say, I think the thing last year was just, here's a look at Gran Turismo. Aye. This, well, it was just, they did a, st- a state of play last year that was like, Kill Justice League, Suicide Squad, Street Fighter, yeah. Baldur's Gate. Like. Yeah, I, 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 the impression I was getting off of what he said was that it would be more of a bigger thing rather than, oh, here's a, st- a state of play with an update from mm. some of our partners. Mm. And you're like, right, what does that mean? Um, but we'll see. Yeah. Maybe he's maybe he's on the money. Mm. Maybe he's shaved his beard and looks a little less of a sex offender. Yes. Do we have to talk about this movie? <sighs> so basically, Andy's not here. But yeah, if he does have some thoughts, I'm gonna. I've asked him to send me his thoughts, and yeah, I'm gonna uh, insert. The, the thing is, so the reason we covered this fucking atrocity was because Baz wanted us to, right? As at this point. So far, I still haven't banned them from the Discord, but it's not off the cards. And his main reason for wanting it was he wanted to see how Andy reacted to this film. And as fate would have it, Andy's not here. Mm-hmm. But we have asked Andy to send us his thoughts via the telephone 
and we'll include it. Yeah, so I'll tell you about the film, then I'll insert Andy's comments. I'm interested to hear you tell me about the film, because I want to know what it's about. Yeah, so Freddie, we've got fingered, Craig. It's a 2001 comedy film directed by Tom Green. (laughs) The movie follows the eccentric and often absurd adventures of Gord Brody, played by Tom Green himself. Gord aspires to become an animator, but faces numerous challenges in his pursuit of success, leading to a series of bizarre and outrageous events. I mean, from that, it sounds like, oh, yeah, okay, it's a movie that there's a story. But it, it's not, that's not what it is. <laughs> so, nothing they've said there's a lie. Yeah. That is what happens. Mm-hmm. The problem is, see this film, right? I put up on Twitter, been like, we had to watch this film. What a fucking atrocity, mm-hmm. right? And every response we got was, I loved this film when it came out. Right, I think there was. I don't think there was one negative response to it. Wow. But I think I thought I'd seen this film before. I hadn't. I definitely hadn't. Because if I had, I would not have watched it. But I think it was a time and a place thing, mm-hmm. where in two thousand and one, there wasn't. I don't know. I, don't, I feel like it was more of the culture. It was more of I don't know, like not novel, but these films where it was just literal nonsense I feel like it was almost like shock TV coming into the cinema and folk were like holy shit didn't expect that fucking hell that was mad like yeah I think we've had we've become numb to this sort of stuff and so it's not unique now it's just fucking dreadful like I'd, I'd honestly the way the guy went on like I'm not a Tom Green fan anyway but like I don't know it was just to me, some of it could have been funny if he had dialed it back ten times. Mm. But every time, he just went... He, he was too stupid for it to be even remotely entertaining or Yeah, funny. it's very, like, outlandish humour. Um, and I think, you know, it was a very unconventional approach to a comedy movie. But I don't, I don't know. It just... it's. It's just, I, I can't even, it's like absurd situations that he's in and then just outrageous behaviour that's not even... There wasn't any method to the madness. Yeah. Like, his pal fucking breaks his leg on when he's doing a skateboard move and you're like, oh, that's minging, oh, you can see the bone. The next minute he's down licking the bone. Yeah. And you're like, what the fuck are you doing that for? Like, Why? Yeah. Other than to make folk go, oh, like, why the fuck have you done that? It's not funny. Yeah, so let me ask you then, like, what do you think, you've mentioned one of them there, like, what are some of the scenes or, like, moments that I suppose stood out to you as being just so horrible? Like, I think from stuff I've read, lots of people walked out of the, like, movie theatres when right. they went to see it. I the two that. scenes that most viewers walked out on were the horse scene and the when, ba- he wank, when he wanks the horse. Yeah, that one. Fucking hell, that's like five minutes in. And the baby delivery scene, which was, that that was at the point where like, I can't watch any more of this, Craig. I just can't. <laughs> I genuinely thought you were going to see the delivery. Mm. I mean, you, like, don't we know, when he starts biting through the umbilical cord and stuff like well, that. Well, that's it. So if you haven't seen everyone. it, yeah, basically he like runs into the hospital saying that he needs to deliver a baby. I didn't really get any of that. No, what um, he does is he goes in to see his friend who's broke his leg. And he's in that room and he's, ta- he's trying to talk to his pal, but he's been so loud and stupid and he's pretending he's a bird or something like that. 
and then and not a bird as in a woman he's like flapping his wings like mm. he's a bird mm-hmm. and everyone else in the room for some reason is pregnant and then this woman says oh my god i'm going into labor the baby's coming out mm-hmm. and so he just takes a white coat that he finds nearby and starts to deliver on this baby mm-hmm. rather than calling for help yeah and then as the baby comes out he then she's like oh why is he not crying or something like that and then he literally if you've seen it you know what i'm talking about but he basically takes the umbilical cord and starts swinging it around uh, that's his after body. he's bit through it no it's before or does he try to bite through it first he bites through it oh the blood, just... the blood goes everywhere and then he takes the umbilical cord and starts swinging the baby around his head until it starts like a crying. lasso like uh-huh. until it starts crying then he sits it down with the mum but in a scene after that he goes to his girlfriend's house well, sorry, he goes on a date, it's the first date, and he turns up at this girl's house, and the first thing she wants to do is give him a blowjob, and when she goes to lift up his top, he still has the umbilical cord that he took off this child and this woman, sellotaped to his chest, just hanging down, Wow. and she's like, what the hell's that, and he says, I just put it on for a laugh, I'm just trying something different. I just don't get the humour. Like, it's not, like, it, liked, it could have been done in, like, a, a baby delivery been, gone wrong can be quite amusing if it's done with the right tone and that, but it. Nuance. Uh huh. But this was just, it was like, I, it was like somebody, I don't know, trying to put a nail in with a fucking sledgehammer. Mm-hmm. Like, that was the type of stuff. The only part, right, there was one part that I genuinely thought was funny and, He's away. Well, no, that's not fair. There was a couple of bits, right? But the the first bit, so he's on the date with this girl. She's in a wheelchair, right? And he's pretending he's some big shot. He's got a phone, and it's clearly a phone that he's taken from a cordless phone. He's taken from the house. It's not a mobile phone, no. right? And that's that's that kind of humour. I think is okay. Yeah. Right. So the dad turns up and he's like, "What are you doing? You fucking idiot! You've taken one of my my suits. You're." And he's pretending he's on the phone. He's like, you're not on the phone. I know you're not on the phone. That's my fucking house phone, right? And then the dad takes that off him and then finds a big, massive tape recorder that he's taken as well. So when he presses play, it rings. So he can pretend his phone was ringing, right? That's okay. Mm-hmm. Then, and this was good. This was actually good. The dad then turns around and looks at the date he's with and she's in a wheelchair. And he looks and goes, he, he, he makes a, a face when he sees the wheelchair. And the girl quite sternly goes, have you got a problem with my legs? And he replies, no, you've got a problem with your legs. Either that or you're really lazy. (laughs) That was funny, Mm -hmm. right? The other part that was funny is when he phones up and gets his wee brother taken to a fucking (laughs) child abuse place. Yeah, so I mean, that is uh, where the name comes from, uh that that scene. Yeah, he he basically phones, he's trying to get his dad in trouble, so he phones up and says that his wee brother's been getting abused by his dad, and his wee brother's fucking 24 or something like that, but the child services turn up and take him and put him in a wee wee room, and he's sitting, they periodically go back to him stuck in this child abuse clinic or whatever it is, but because he's not been getting looked after when he's in there, he's growing a beard and stuff like that, Mm -hmm. but they still think he's just a weak guy. That I'm okay with. That was... 
much nuance as was shown and even that's pushing it mm-hmm. but the rest of the stuff was fucking dreadful yeah. I, I don't really know much about Tom Green or have seen him elsewhere um, but he obviously was the, the film's director and lead actor mm-hmm. so he's obviously plays this I guess a central role in creating the kind of movie's unique tone oh, it's all um, what did you think of like his performance, I suppose, the other cast members as well. Uh, Drew Barrymore makes an appearance. They were dating at the time when this was made. Mm, Drew Barrymore yeah. and Tom Green. They got married in July 2020. No, sorry. 2020. July 2001. And then he filed for divorce like a year later, or the December after, I think. So. I'm, I mean, I'm not a fan, mm-hmm. particularly. Like, I. I don't know too much about him. But from what I understand, this is this is his idea of humour. Yeah. And that's just not mine. Yeah, it's just not yeah. mine. It was interesting. Like, I looked at the reviews on IMDb for this film. And I'm sure there are some in the middle. But every... And I went through five, six pages just to get an idea. And every single review was either a 10... Or a one. Oh, it's so polarizing. There was yeah. nothing in yeah. between, and there will be somewhere. Yeah. But in the first six pages, all tens or ones. Yeah. What I would say, like in the kind of opening scene, um, or one of the one of the opening scenes, there he's going through like a mall on his skateboard, and I was like, he's clearly doing all the, those stunts and those moves, cool. and that I was, was quite impressed. I, and, it wasn't a terrible start, that. Yeah, and um, I thought we not peak there. I believe he did actually perform most of his own stunts, which obviously the studio were annoyed about because if anything happened to him being the sort of leading man, then the movie would be fucked. But you think you would do that scene last? Yeah, um, the one at the house one as well. Um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. There was a few moments like that, but I mean, it was sort of summed up when at one point near the end, I think it was when he got off a plane or something like that. Aye, after they've been rescued, so well, about 10 minutes to go, all of a sudden they just get fucking taken captive in some foreign country, I can't even remember where, where he'd ripped half the house off and had it delivered there. And then they've been held captive for 18 months, but it just skips the entire 18 months. And then they come back on the plane, and as they get off the plane, there's a guy holding a big sign saying, is this movie ever going to fucking end? Yeah, I was zoned and out I was thinking point. that as well, and it's not a long movie, yeah. but it felt long. yeah. I, I zoned out by that point, I think. That, um, but yeah, a couple of bits of trivia as well. Um, Just a reminder, I watched this my fucking birthday. <laughs> uh, apparently, when the cop and therapist come to Freddie's door, the surgery shown on the TV is real-life footage of Tom Green having a lymph node removed due to testicular cancer. I mean, this is a guy that, like, knows that and knows that's going to be a trivia question later on. Like, mm-hmm. he's dialed in enough that he's mm-hmm. like, right, that's going to be... Like, I want little Easter eggs yeah, like this. let's put that in it. It'll be funny. Yeah. But anyhow, it was not funny. I will never be watching it again. I will never be recommending it to anyone to watch. I hope Tom Green feels really bad. Um, but I don't think he does. I hope Baz feels bad for putting and me Baz through Baz should it. feel bad as well. Yeah, although I don't think he was the only one that recommended or gave the nod that No, yes, there was a few. My wife's a fucking it. lady and you put her through that, Baz. Shame <laughs> on you. Um. So yeah, let's get something better for next week. We'll decide when Andy... Yeah, we'll speak to Andy and we'll put it out on Twitter what we're going to do next week. Yes. It will be something substantially better. I need my, I need my palate cleansed. Mm-hmm.
might have to go for a fucking classic, even though you and Andy don't like that. But we might need something better just to... Is there a Prince of Persia movie? Yes, we've watched it. Oh. But thanks for keeping up. I, just, I was just thinking with the game it was all right, actually. I the game's release, it. I was like, I'm pretty sure there's a movie, but... Um, yeah, I quite liked it. Yeah. I'd watch it again, but we can't discuss it again. No, okay, that's fine. How many pies? I can can I do zero because I'm sorry. It was it was be, I can't even give it one. I just can't do that. I'll allow you to do it. I'm 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 a stickler, so I'll give it one. But you can give I it. I can't zero. even do that. I just can't right. give it anything. I'm allowing you to give it zero because <laughs> that will then make it the lowest film we've ever reviewed. Because yeah. there was it should one. Be. It was like Alone in the Dark or something like that that did all three of us gave one pie to. But I feel like this deserves bottom place. It so, and I feel does. like Andy's not going to. From what I heard, obviously, hopefully, we'll have a cut in here from him. Mm-hmm. But he was quite upset about the whole situation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When I when I messaged him, I, I looked behind the curtain. Andy can be quite forgetful, <laughs> so I usually message him at the weekend and be like, "Remember, we have to watch this film for next week." And he'll be like, ah, "Right, okay." And I messaged him, and he went, "Yes, I subjected Heather to it last night." She was not pleased. <laughs> Fuck this film. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Right, so, Freddie got fingered. I don't know why you've subjected us to this. I don't know what we've done to you. Are we not good to you, community? What What have we done to deserve the infliction of these films on us? Because this... Is the worst travesty I have seen in cinema history, I think. This is the most chaotic, pointless fucking film I've ever seen in my life. This is the film that I've... The guy with Tom Green is literally testing your patience. He's literally going, are you sure you're a fan? Are you sure you're a fan of mine? <laughs> Let's see if you can stick this out. It's all fucking hell. It's shocking. Absolutely shocking. I tried to watch it with Heather and I got half an hour in and I went, I'm sorry Heather, I'm going to turn this off. I can't subject you to this. I'm not going to let you sit through an hour and a half of this and we put something else on and I had to finish it up the next day. So I spread this over two days and what a load of fucking shit. Why has he stuck an umbilical cord to him? What the fuck? And then there's a scene where he's like, it's like that kind of thing where it's like one scene from another. And going from one place to another, all of a sudden this wee boy runs up to the car, slips, falls, smashes his face and gets all fucking bloodied. And there's no punchline, there's no like, there's nothing that happens after that, that's literally it. And boom, that's it. And the wee boy's got a black eye for the rest of the film. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? And I can't even believe Rip Tom, like his dad, who's like quite a well-known actor, actually agreed to do this fucking shit. I don't know if he owed somebody money or somebody fucking's got a sex tape of him or something like that and he had to do it. But uh, I'm generally baffled by this, honestly. Uh, I I read that Tom Green went to the Razzies to pick up his awards. Apparently at that point he was only the second person to ever do that. The first being, what's his name? Uh, Verhoeven, the Robocop director. Not for Robocop, for Showgirls, I think. So Tom Green went up and accepted all the awards and I think he got all the biggies. Worst director, worst film, worst screen, whatever. All the big ones, he got them all. And apparently 
he played an endless harmonica solo <laughs> to accept his award. Just kept on playing the harmonica solo until he had to be escorted off the stage and he's still playing the solo as he fucking got off the stage. I need to find a video of that because that sounds funny as fuck. But this whole film, though, seriously, nobody can... If you're putting a review and saying this is genius, this is next level, you just don't get it. I'm sorry, but you're just trying to be different for different sake because this is fucking gash. Absolute shite. I never want to see anything with Tom Green in it again. Oh, maybe Road Trip. I would maybe watch Road Trip, but fuck this. Not a chance in hell. Love to hear what everybody else thought. If 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 people actually think this is a good film or not, because oh, Jesus Christ, and he's he's fucking whacking a disabled lass in the in the legs with a fucking chip. What the fuck is going on? Seriously, honestly, there was one bit I kind of laughed at, right? The backwards man, and the backwards man, backwards man, backwards man. I kind of laughed at that, just the stupidity of it, but it's just so. Random, it's just like a it's like the it's been acted out like the a psychopath's fucking erratic thoughts just on screen so to see for everybody to see. And it's just uh absolutely aimless. Bye. Uh, so I'm gonna give this a fucking bunt pie. One bunt pie. And I never ever way see this film again thank you okay um thanks as always for listening uh, please do recommend our podcast to any gaming friends if you've got them that if they're looking for something new to listen to and if you're not part of our discord then feel free to come join as well all the links will be available in the episode description so go check them out and feeling that we shall chat to you again next friday at 9am goodbye goodbye